Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter on episode 77. So we don't have a lot to talk about this week. I feel like I've been saying that for the past three or four weeks now. We will be talking about some Iowa State, you know, college basketball type stuff. Um, the NFL, the MLB, and of course, our signature segments, Mike Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions. So hang out with us because there's not a whole lot else to do in the world at the moment besides listening to your favorite premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, which is the 8311Cast. It is. The 8311Cast is my favorite Midwestern-based sports podcast. Are there any other Midwestern-based sports podcasts? That's the real question. Probably. I don't know. If there are other Western based sports podcasts out there, hit us up on our contact page, 8311cast.fireside.fm slash contact, or drop us a DM on Instagram at 8311cast. Getting all the plugs in today, man. Do it. See, you're supposed to do all of those like at the end, but now you just did them. What are you going to talk about at the end of the episode now that you draw that at the beginning? I mean, I feel like nobody makes it to the end of the episode anyway, so they never even notice that I do that. So I'll just do it again. Once you start, yeah, just once it you start again. playing the yeah. the exit music, people just stop listening to the podcast. Yeah, there is. Like, I we out. Yeah, they have nothing we're not, to talk about that matters. We're nowhere close to that point yet because we still have an entire episode to talk about what little sports remain. Yeah, and basically, the, we're just gonna ramble on about stuff just to fill your ears. Really, yeah, yeah. with stuff. I mean, we're not actually gonna fill your ears because, like, we're not there to like put like paper in your ears. Yeah, and that that's, might be hard to actually fill your ears from six feet away. We could <laughs> try, but yeah. hey, I used to, I used to throw paper in Josh's ears from across the table during our circuits class. See if I could get it there. I wasn't. Why really was it because his head was laying down on the desk with one ear up because he no, was he was sleeping? Paying, it he was, was like paying, a basket. No, he was paying a ton of attention. I just wanted to annoy him. Oh, I figured you were saying it, that you were trying to play uh, ear skit ball. No, I was the he was paying attention. I was the one who wasn't paying attention. Wow, wait, Josh paper. was paying attention to something that yes, you were Josh weren't. Josh was great in circuits class. Oh. The act of you throwing the paper into Josh's ear is very much akin to throwing a ball into a basketball net, which is a sport which happens called basketball. Wow. <laughs> and now we transition into a segment analysis. In, in which Wyatt goes over the origin of the game of basketball since most of you have forgotten how sports work hashtag analysis hashtag premiere <laughs> can we get can we get that trending on twitter please hashtag a311 cast hashtag premiere we should because i don't have twitter so i can't help that anyway what also didn't get much help this week was the Cyclones men's basketball roster. They were finalists for two big uh, transfer guards, and they didn't get either of them. Um, the guard from Bowling Green, I can't remember his name off the top the, of my head. The guard from Bowling Green, he was the second, uh, he was the, uh, well, he was the top remaining transfer in the portal after. Uh, the the transfer from Harvard announced his um, commitment. We'll get to him in a second. But Justin Turner was the top remaining player left. Uh, he had cut his list to essentially four, um, but 
it was Missouri, Marquette, and Iowa State were his final three, but he opted to stay at Bowling Green um, over uh, choosing to transfer. Um, so that was unfortunate for Iowa State. Uh, he was a 6'4 shooting guard out of Detroit who averaged 18.8 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, and 2.5 assists last season while 30, shooting 36.1% from three-point range. Uh, he was all MAC honors um, in Bowling Green's conference uh, and helped lead them to back-to-back 12 and 6 conference campaigns. Um, the the unfortunate thing was he was an explosive scorer for Bowling Green. Now, obviously, this is a mid-major conference; it's not the Big 12. But 18.8 points per game is nothing to shy away from, and it's a neat, much, much needed help for an Iowa State uh, backcourt that is going to be hurting significantly with so many departures and losses from this team. And really, it's it's a scoring. It was it, he would have been an explosive scorer that the Cyclones were really missing off the bench in general. The only explosive scorer that we had. And he was really only the explosive scorer at the beginning of the season was Regier Bolton behind Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, you would have guys in the post who could put in some points, but they though they're not considered explosive scorers. When Solomon Young does all of his work in a couple of games just from the free throw line, that's not explosive scoring. That's consistent points is what you get from Solomon Young. He would have been a significant help for the Cyclones, especially being 6'4", continuing with that theme of length. Uh, next year, the, the Cyclones roster is going to be a very, very long and uh, lengthy. Uh, not in terms of the amount of depth we have, but uh, height that we have on the team for next season. The other one uh, that we had previously mentioned was um, Bryce Aiken um, out of Harvard. So he announced last week um, that he was going to transfer as a grad transfer. So he only has one more year of eligibility, uh, but he went to Seton Hall. So he's a six-foot point guard uh, from uh, that played at Harvard uh, for four seasons. His previous campaign was cut short um, due to an injury, uh, but he was a high-profile scorer for Harvard. He he shot nearly, uh, on average, over 40% from the field um, just at Harvard. Um, and it almost wasn't a surprise that he chose Seton Hall um, over... Uh, over Iowa State, Michigan, and I forget who is fourth. Uh, he had narrowed his list down to four, and those were those were some of his uh, remaining choices. But Seton Hall was one that had actually recruited him coming out of high school, and it's just it's it's more depth and experience uh, that the um, Cyclones lose again here. The experience of a four-year starter at Harvard um, who had been to the NCAA tournament a couple of times. So he brings that tournament uh, and, and winning pedigree to a Cyclones team that's going to be very youthful and very young, especially in that backcourt. So 
it, it's just misses for Iowa State that they're still we're we're just not landing some of these players. I do expect Iowa State to still be in the running for some of the top remaining um, transfers. Uh, if you want to go back, how many episodes would that have been? That was probably Holy Transfers, Batman. Yeah, episode 73 or 74 will probably be the ones that uh, would have that information. Yeah, yeah. so go go back and uh, listen to that episode. Episode I outline a couple of potential targets other than the two um, that those two top targets who have already committed or I guess decided that they were going to stay. Um, there are a couple other targets that the Cyclones are for sure going after. Um, but for right now, that's two big misses um, for the roster that we still need to fill out because we're still what four positions or four scholarships short for next season, which isn't great. Yeah, you you want to fill the scholarships because you know scholarship players are better than not well, scholarship and, players. And you see what happened, especially last season. If you la- like, if you don't fill out your scholarships. You have players like Tyrese Halliburton, your star player. He goes down. You need bodies. We don't want to turn into the University of Nebraska. Yeah, they were they, starting football players in the Big yes, Ten tournament yes, because Nebraska's they just won. didn't have bodies. Everyone's hurt. Nebraska suited up their backup quarterback and a backup offensive lineman in the Big Ten tournament for basketball just because they didn't have any bodies. That was pretty funny. And they actually played him at the end of the game mainly because they were getting obliterated because Nebraska was horrible at basketball last year. Sorry, Fred Hoiberg. They were horrible at football last year, too. Ooh, got him. Yeah. We can can talk about some Nebraska stuff and how they have uh, some of the – worst remaining um, money that they have to pay all of their power or their major coaches see how much dead money they have it's not a uh a uh, nebraska sports podcast and it's not a big 10 sportcast or big 10 sports podcast so it could be that'd be fun too i like the big 10 yeah but then we'd have to talk about we'd have to talk about minnesota and purdue yeah Da, 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 da. You want me to keep going? I can I can nope. sing the whole Minnesota Wowser if you'd prefer. I Thanks. I went to I went to one Purdue basketball game and did not learn any of their fight song or whatever it is. Any of the words they chant. Should should figure that out. All I know is they blast a train horn. And yeah, they do. It's loud. <laughs> But was it more annoying than what? What game was that? Where they made? Was it more annoying than the TCU train horn? Is the Purdue train no. horn more or less annoying than the TCU one? It's. I'd say it's probably less annoying than the TCU one. The okay. TCU one sounds like five train horns at once, but it is definitely less annoying than Mississippi State's cowbells. But why does TCU have a train horn? What do horned frogs and trains have to do with each other? Horns? I mean, frogs can get run over by trains. I don't know. I think it's, get run I think over it's by just trains. a Texas thing. You know how you were talking about yee-yee trucks? How they have some, <laughs> some big yee-yee trucks have train horns that they install on them? You know? It's just a Texas thing. <laughs> okay. 
Well, since we are on the topic of football now, since we were talking about, you know, Nebraska football players. That was such an elegant transition, and we didn't even know it. We are. It was. See, look at this. Premier. 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 And look, I already have the schedule pulled up for us to discuss. And and also, you know, you just derailed that entire transition by bringing up how good of a transition it was. You're You're bad. I I told (laughs) you we were going to fill people's ears with rambles. (laughs) And we are doing that right now, thanks Uh, to me. You're welcome. That is true. Anyway, yes. So the over-unders came out for this upcoming college football season. So naturally, Iowa State's came out as well. The over-under for Iowa State football wins this year is set at eight. Over-under eight wins, not including possible Big 12 championship and bowl games. So over-under eight wins for Iowa State. Um, Kyle, what are our non-conference games this year? Non-conference games. We, are, we host South Dakota on September 5th, travel to... The school out east that we don't speak of on September 12th, and we host University hey, my birthday. of Nevada at Las Vegas on September 19th. So those are our three non-conference games. Okay. So you presume you're going to go at least two and one in those at worst? Yes, since Matt Campbell has yet to beat Iowa. Well... You're going to go two and one or three and oh, is what I'm saying. I'm saying you're not oh, going to yeah. lose to South Dakota or UNLV. Yeah, not at home. Um, and then not on the road either. I mean, yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not going to lose to either of those teams at home. This team won't lose to either of those teams at home. Fun fact, though, UNLV is going to be playing in the new Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. That'll be fun. Don't we go to UNLV next year? Yeah. So in 2022. Yeah. So play in, the, in that Allegiant Stadium. That'd be fun. Cool. That'll be fun. Eighty-three eleven cast road trip to Vegas. I'm down. I'd be down. Let's do it. Uh, anyway, and so then our conference slate. Let's see. So we'll have Oklahoma, Baylor. Here, I'll just run it down TCU in order. At home. I'll just run it down in order. Texas Tech at home. KU on the road. Oklahoma State on the road. Oklahoma at home. K State at home. TCU on the road, Baylor at home, Texas on the road, and West Virginia at home. So the the first two conference games, I would probably say bode in Iowa State's favor. Texas Tech and KU. Yeah, you gotta win. So you're you're potentially five games in, you're either you're either five and zero. Oh, or you're four and one. Pretty good start, right? Maybe top 25 ranking dependent. Then you get to go to Stillwater to an Oklahoma State team that many uh, like polls are listing as a potential top 25 team, fringe top 25. They're going to be a good team. Next yeah, season. they'll have the best running back in the Big 12 for sure. And, and they're returning their. A dual threat quarterback after he got hurt at the end of last season and their top wide receiver Ter- or Tyron Wallace or something like that. So Tyrone they'll be smoochy Wallace. Nope. Not. <laughs> so that I would probably say I might, I might pencil that in as an, as a loss on the schedule. 
Stillwater is a really tough place to play. Then you get Oklahoma at home. Who knows if they're going to be great or not. They're probably going to start Spencer Rattler, who is a five-star quarterback coming into college. Uh, he's the first quarterback that Oklahoma will start in the past like six or seven years that's not a transfer quarterback um, in reference to Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts. Um, and they also lost a running back who decided to go to Oklahoma or Ohio State. They lost a lot of defensive players, so we'll see. But Oklahoma always recruits. They'll be preseason. They'll be, they'll be good. They'll be very good. So that would be a big game. I don't know. Do we pencil that in as a loss? I mean, the point of the segment wasn't to go over the entire schedule. It was just oh, to we're ask if you it. think they're going to get more or less than eight wins. So I'm this, not going to pencil. This is way too early to pencil in individual games as wins or losses. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to figure it out out loud, you know. And then you, you get K State at home. You, you're gonna you keep beat. going. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Beat, I'm just gonna give you a Kansas. yes or no at the end. Beat Purple Kansas on the road to TCU. Up in the air. They still have a super young quarterback. That could be a win. Baylor at home. We we are very against Baylor after last season. Beat Baylor. Texas on the road. Um, Tom Herman could be on the hot seat in that game end of the season or they could be a top 10 team or they could be a top 10 team it's it could go either way and then west virginia uh i see eight wins yeah when i look at that schedule i see eight wins i do what, see eight wins which means vegas did it right so do you go over or do you go under if, if i just see predict- eight wins i don't want to take either you got to take the over or the under. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to be optimistic. I think there will be one game. I I think the focus from last year is Iowa State lost so many, so many close games. I think the focus in this offseason, whenever they can focus, will be on winning close, how to win close games. And I think it's going to help. Brock Purdy's got another year of experience. I think that might help over some of these younger quarterbacks in the league, I'll take the over. Uh, yeah, I think I'm also going to take the over just because of what you just said is because this team is going to have so much experience playing in close games that you just you just can't lose as many close games as you did last year. Like it's just not and you what and you still won 7 games last year. Mhm. So I'm going to go with the over just because you're going to get some of those bounces you didn't get last year, right? Baylor's going to miss the game-winning field goal instead of make it. You're going to catch the two-point conversion at Oklahoma instead of drop it, right? Those kinds of things. I think think you're just going to get there this year. What about you, Wyatt? What do you think? I think you guys are totally spot on. I would take the over two in a heartbeat. I don't think it's that big of a risk knowing where this team has been, where it's headed to, you know, with a – Captain of the ship as great as uh, Matt Campbell. I think this team is going to do awesome things this year. I'm just concerned about that offensive line. Yeah, no, I was, you have to replace four starters on the offensive line. Is going to that be that offensive line is going to be? It's going to be some fresh meat in there, you know. Yeah, replacing four starters on the offensive line is going to be tough, especially with no spring practice because we've already yep. lost all spring practice. And so. spring practice is when is when teams shuffle around offensive linemen to figure out the best fit. 
because when you recruit offensive linemen, it's not like the NFL where you're drafting a specific position at offensive line. You're drafting a center. Generally, you can recruit someone who you think could play center, but someone else might end up being better at center, and then the person who you recruited to be center is better at guard or tackle. I mean, we saw that with um, Julian Good-Jones and uh, Jake Campos recently. They they were moved around the offensive line quite frequently in their time with the Cyclones. So it you never know where your offensive linemen hold up and that during spring ball is where you where you fine tune those adjustments and we're losing so much of that time right now but everyone else is in the same situation so it's not just an Iowa State problem where we're where we can't put up tents when it's 120 degrees on the field just like taking shots at Baylor right now, don't you? Yeah, suck it, Baylor. Also, they put out these new helmets that look eh. Wow, you got them. You they're got them there. Wow. They're a very mediocre They are program. shaking in their boots because you think their helmets are eh. Okay, so their bear logo that they put on it looked like a four-year-old drew it. You would think they'd have a little bit more money to pay them but you know they had to spend it on a bunch of lawyers in order to get them out of their sexual assault scandal so with that being said we're going to talk about more football in the nfl now because the nfl draft is still going to happen we're going to have real sports that we can actually really talk about coming up here in a week and a half because the nfl draft will happen on uh thursday the Need to find the actual date. 23rd, Thursday the 23rd, the first round of the NFL draft will actually happen. Yay, sports. Um, first, first round's on the 23rd. What do they do? Second se- and third second on Friday third. and then yeah, the rest on Saturday? It'll be on the 24th, sorry. And then Saturday. Might Saturday, they might, yeah, and then 4 through 7 are going to be on Saturday. So. And it's it's all virtual, Yep, Roger Goodell will be announcing the first round picks from his basement. Um, the teams will all, there'll be very limited media that, you know, will all be, you know, completely social distanced and virtual. And it's, yeah, it's going to be strange. The New England Patriots are already working on ways to hack the virtual, the virtual uh, format. I mean, there's, there's no credibility to that. So I, yeah, there's no credibility to what Kyle just said. So take it for what it's worth. Yeah, take that. No, take, there's no proof of that. Only take that at face value. Nothing else. No proof of that. Um, yep. So otherwise, but otherwise, the draft is just gonna go on like a normal draft. There are no other, nothing. Full seven rounds. Everything, everything, all trades and everything will be allowed just as normal. So, um, right? It'll act. It'll be as. It'll be weird, but it'll feel normal, and it'll be good to have something normal. Um, going on in sports. So I'm looking forward to the draft. And after it happens, we'll talk all about it to you on this podcast. So stay tuned over the next we'll couple of weeks for a lot do, of NFL draft stuff. We'll probably do a little bit of a breakdown of each of our respective teams' picks and see and kind of figure out or give our two cents, which is worth a ton, you know? Um, it's worth about and, two cents. Yeah. We, we do give out a lot of sense, um, but just talk about how 
or what grades we would give our organizations for their draft picks. So, yeah. Um, other note, news notes out of the NFL. First, um, Christian McCaffrey, uh, running back slash wide receiver slash entire offense for the Carolina Panthers, signed a new record-breaking deal today for a running back. Four years and $64 million. Um, so that will take him through the 2020, um, 2024 season, if I do good math. Um so and, I um, mean, rightfully so. He's the workhorse. He's literally, as you said, he's the Carolina Panthers offense. Yeah. He is yeah. running back, wide receiver, could probably be quarterback too. In like a triple option scheme, you could run him as the quarterback. Would the triple option ever work in the NFL? I don't know, because I feel like it's it would be so easy to stack the box in the NFL against the triple option. But who's got the ball, right? That's the, that's the point of the triple option is who's got the ball. Does Jarek McKinnon have the ball? Does Adrian Peterson have the ball? Or does Cordero Patterson have the ball? And if you pick if you pick Adrian Peterson and Cordero Patterson has it on a sweep out the outside, good luck. Because you're not going to catch him. Yeah, right? or if you or if you had someone like Tyreek Hill running a right, an running a, right. He, he's gone. Right, exactly. So. I don't know. It might work. Anyway, something to think about. Give us your feedback and if you think the triple option would ever work in the NFL. And give me your best ever triple option set of three people that ever played on the same team at the same time. That, that's your task, and we'll talk about them on next week's episode. Um, the other thing that happened is the NFL and the NFLPA announced a new virtual off-season program that will start here next week. Um, so this virtual period will run from April 20th to May 15th. Um, so during that time, teams can do uh, classroom instruction, workouts, and other programs like that as long as they are using Skype or another virtual platform, no in-person meetings will be allowed. Um, after that May 15th date, um, it is possible, keyword possible, that on-field activities could resume, but only if all team facilities can reopen. So let's say the Packers... Right, Green Bay that allows the Packers facility to be reopened, but Chicago does not allow the Bears facility to be reopened. Right, the that means the Packers could not use their facility. No team can use their facility until all teams' facilities are available to be reopened. So as soon as all team facilities can be reopened after that May fifteenth date, then um, then. Uh, in person and on the field activities could resume. Um, as always, these are all voluntary because these are all voluntary off-season workouts, so no players will be forced to participate. But yeah, once that May 18 or once that May 15th date comes around, it may go back to on the field depending on what our health situation looks like. So, but virtual programs will resume here shortly. Which is good. I mean, the players need to start getting ready for the season, even if not 
physically that right you can do all the mental preparation for it right now and then hopefully you can gear up the physical preparation for it um, after we've started here later in the year so looking forward to that um, also looking forward to hopefully getting to play some baseball at some point during this 2020 season the major league baseball is considering a ton of different plans to hope to um get this season started at some point, maybe even as early as mid-May, depending on the public health situation. The two most likely, or the two possibilities that were floated around, I'm not going to call either of them likely at this point, because who knows. They're all just possibilities. Yeah, the two possibilities that were floating around was, first of all, to to send all 30 teams to the Phoenix area and have basically all the games played and basically just quarantine on all the teams in the Phoenix area and then basically play games, right? All the games are played in Phoenix, right? You'd have double or triple headers at Chase Field in Phoenix and then you'd play at a bunch of the, uh, you play at Arizona State's uh, stadium there in Phoenix and you'd play at a bunch of the different spring training complexes as well. Um, difficulties with this is, you know, it's going to be hard to uh, have get the players to agree to just, you know, leave their families for a couple months to be quarantined to play baseball. That's going to be really tough. And then, of course, just it, it gets hot in Arizona in the summer, right? It'd be hot to play those games in the middle of the day, right? You'd have to play them in the early morning or later at night. And if you're starting games at 8 at night in Arizona, that's like 10 or 11 o'clock on the East Coast, right? You're not going to have East Coast fans that want to watch those games, so there's some logistical hurdles for that, too. Um, the other plan is to use both Arizona and Florida, send teams back to their spring training locations. Um, one of the difficulties, uh, the advantage of this, right, is it's more geographic, right? Most of the East Coast teams train in Florida, so you've got time zones there, and most of the West Coast teams train in Arizona, so you don't have the time zone things. And then each team has its own familiar facilities and stuff. Um, The disadvantage for this is the schedule would be insane, right? It would involve massive division realignment, right? If you look at the AL Mm -hmm. Central, right? Cleveland, Kansas City, Chicago train out in Arizona, Arizona. where Minnesota and Detroit play in Florida, right? So this is going to be massive division realignment. So under this plan, the Twins division, right, for example, would become Minnesota, Boston, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and and Baltimore, right? The five teams that are close is in proximity to each you other. You mean there. Detroit instead of no, I mean Atlanta? Baltimore. No, I mean Atlanta. I oh. said the right five teams. Oh, okay. Because they're doing it all geographically, right? Okay. The five teams that are closest to each other in southeast Florida the five teams that are closest to each other in Northeast Florida and the five teams that are closest to each other in West Florida, uh, sorry, in Southwest Florida, Northwest Florida, and then on the East Coast of Florida. So they're doing it all geographically. The teams that are geographically closest would be together. So massive division realignment, massive schedule realignment for the season is what that one would take. So personally, I'm up for anything that gets baseball back as long as they can make it work. So... I'm all I'm in just, for these plans. I'm just glad can make I'm this not. I'm just glad I'm not in the executive office right now. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would yeah. be a nightmare. Just 
having the responsibility of trying to get a major professional sport back online yeah, and having hate- to figure out the logistics of it, no yeah. thanks. Yeah, I would hate to be the person who would have to make those decisions. But we'll keep following that closely and hope that we can get baseball here at some point in the near future because we all need baseball right now. The world needs baseball. Um, do I just get to keep talking? Sorry, I forget what happens. I, I always just wait for you to comment, and then I don't know if I'm supposed to keep talking or if I'm supposed to wait for you to comment. I just don't know what's supposed to happen next. I didn't I didn't think there were any other comments necessary. I thought you summed it up pretty well, you know? Yeah. All right. That's fair. Then I'll just keep talking. Um, we're going to start a thing here in the 8311 cast in the Mike's Stupid Rules segment where since the major sports aren't playing, we are going to give you stupid rules from other sports. So not football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. The goal is that or none of soccer, us... Or soccer, I guess, uh, because we've been doing a lot on soccer recently. We did one. One rule on soccer. That is not a lot. That is one. Just one. Seems like a lot to me for a person who doesn't watch soccer ever. Yeah, that's fair. So anyway... For this stupid rules, we are going to go to rugby. Yes, you heard that right. Rugby for this edition of Mike's Stupid Rules. So in rugby, um, uh, their equivalent of a touchdown, right, in football where you score, right, is called a try. So you score a try in rugby when you get the ball into your uh, opponent's end zone. Is it called an end zone? It's called a goal area in rugby. Sorry, I'm I'm familiar with the general play of rugby, but not all the terms. So some of the terms might be wrong, but the rule is going to be correct. So when you get it into the when you when you get the ball into your uh, your opponent's goal area, but the interesting thing in rugby is so where in football, right, you just have to cross the goal line and you score, right? In rugby you actually have to, to earn your, your points for your try, you actually have to touch the ball down on the grass, right, on the field, somewhere in your opponent's goal area. So you don't score until you've touched the ball down. So now one of the reasons that's important is because you're, um, we're going to call it an extra, your extra point because I don't know what it's actually called um, in rugby because, you know, like I said, I don't know the terms. Um is you have to you have to try to kick that uh, that extra point or whatever it is from wherever you touched the ball down. So if you score in the corner, you got to try to you got to try to kick that from an incredible angle, right? Whereas if you get it in the center, much more much easier at attempt. So to score a try in rugby, you actually have to touch the ball down in the uh, in your opponent's goal area, and then that's where your quote unquote extra point try is from. It's from wherever you touch that ball down in your opponent's end zone. Does that make sense? Yeah, actually makes a lot of sense. Unlike calling a touchdown a touchdown in American football, even though you're not touching anything down. So go rugby, I guess. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's a right. fairly interesting sport to watch. I watched it uh, during the last Summer Olympics. So give it a watch uh, in 2021 when the Summer Olympics are back in Tokyo. Give rugby a watch. It's pretty fun, pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. I like that. I like talking about rugby rules because it's, you know, it's like football, but a little bit different. It's a little awesome. Bit, little, no pads, 
no pads in rugby. They have helmets of some kind, do they? Do you wear helmets no. in rugby? No, you I don't. don't think so. Your head, your it is exposed. Do you wear helmets in rugby? No, you do not wear helmets in rugby. Your noggin's just out there. Well, you Mice. don't you don't intentionally slam your noggin in this stuff then. You know, I mean, it's kind of I'm, an incentive to not give yourself brain damage. That's true. That is true. So with that, I think we can uh, head on down, mosey on down to our write that down prediction segment. And it looks like to me we don't have anything to take off the board this week since, that you is, know, nothing's happening. Yep, that is again true. We will have a bunch of stuff to uh, come off the board uh, in two weeks after the NFL draft because we have a bunch of NFL draft predictions. But um, not this week. So we will go right into our predictions. What do you got, Kyle? Yay, it always starts with me. I love it's it. It's like we go in the same order every time. Why did we choose this order? It's not like it's alphabetical or anything. How did this order get chosen? I don't know. I guess it was clockwise rotation when we initially started recording the podcast. Yeah, you were. Right. Back, yeah. back when we were in 8311 cast studios. 8311, yeah. Heck yeah. I miss 8311 cast studios. Good times. Good times. Good times in those studios. What do you got, Kyle? Yeah, so I get to go fourth now. Thank you. Uh, I get to go first. Josh goes fourth. That's okay. the order. We just talked right. about it. We do the same order every time. Do you uh, have numbers work, Kyle? <laughs> One, two, three, four. You're number one in this. You're right. Not normally. No, <laughs> normally I am. But for this, I will go first. Technicalities, Mike. At least, so my prediction is at least three wide receivers will be drafted uh, like through the first 20 picks in this year's draft. Okay. So, so picks one through 20. Yep. Including 20. Yep. Let's see. I... You got CD, you got CD Lamb. Henry Ruggs and the other Alabama wide receiver. Jared Judy, Trey Higgins. The LSU Uh, wide receiver. The Arizona State guy, Ayaku. Justin Jefferson, yeah. Colorado's wide receiver, Denzel Mims as well from Baylor. Regor, TCU. Regor, not Regor. It's Regor, Jalen Regor. Got an O. It's Jalen Regor. Got an O, so I went with Regor. If you would have listened to Big 12 football this entire season, you would have understood that. See, but I didn't watch the TCU game, so. It's unfortunate. Deal with it. Um, Yeah, anyway. um, uh, Single or double, what do you think, Wyatt? I mean, 3 out of 20, that's pretty likely looking at who's (coughs) going to be in there. Yeah, I mean, so I the mean, mock draft I just looked at had four taken in the top 20 and then a fifth taken at 23. So I think it's pretty likely that uh, that is going to happen. I mean, I could definitely see it not happening, but I think it's more likely than not that you are going to see that many taken in the top 20. So Well, and then you potentially have the opportunities for trades as well. Teams yeah. could trade down and or trade up and yeah. not. I think that's just a single, though. Yep, I agree. 
All right. So then me, I will predict that at least five first-round picks will be traded on draft day. Five 2020 first-round picks will be traded on draft day. Uh, I can't think of five off the top of my head. I have to do some Googling. But that in there kind of tells me, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? I'm doing some research. I'll get back to you. (laughs) Okay. So so do you want to move on to to Wyatt's prediction and then come back to give me my value? Yeah, probably. Because mine, you don't need to look up anything because it's not quantifiable because I'm pretty good at doing that. All that qualitative, qualitative, write that down predictions. This one is that the NFL referees will be mic'd up like more, more regularly in, in a, in a regular season game. They'll actually be mic'd up and be on the TV broadcast. A la like the XFL, the uh, AAF. So, like, so, so you're talking about like the on-field officials will yep. just be, you'll have mic 20, you have full game microphone access to the on-field officials is what you're saying? I wouldn't say full game, but like it'll be in the broadcast. Like right now it's not in the broadcast at all. There's no, you know, there's no communication from the officials on the field. And you see this right. starting to take hold in, in a lot of, a lot of sports. Rugby is actually a sport that has, um, mic'd up officials during the during the broadcast so you see it in like little league and stuff oh yeah so i'm kind of hoping the uh the nfl adopts this as well i mean it makes you know it makes the officials more personable and it adds another level of entertainment to the game as well so i want to see it happen i think i think it might happen this year you know this might be the year for it um i think i'm thinking triple on that just because not because I think it's a bad idea, not because I think it won't happen, but because I think the NFL is going to be so consumed with just playing this year that they're not going to think about things like that, right? Like, football fans won't mm-hmm. care if that happens this year as long as there's football at this point. So I'm saying triple just because of that. What do you think? I was, I was originally going to say double, but you talked me into a triple. Sounds good. I think that is a triple for Wyatt. Do you have anything back on my prediction, or should we go to Josh's? Uh, so six uh, draft picks were traded in the first round, actually during draft day last year. Okay. Um, and with the positions that many teams have in this draft in regards to the number of first-round picks they have, I think five is fairly likely. So I am going to say double. So it's a toss-up? I'll, I'll trust you on that and go with the double. That's that's what I was shooting for for that. So I will take I will take the double. Cool. Take do we have uh, anything from Josh this week? He's we still do. Alive? He is. He's doing good. Doing good. good. You just talk to him on Friday. You know he's doing good. Well, you know, you never know. I mean, it's, been, it's been a couple of days. True. Josh predicts in a very sad prediction that the start of the NFL season will be delayed by at least one month. Nah. Nah. I don't think that's going to happen. Is that a hopeful nah or a realistic nah? I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, they're already talking about starting playing games with empty stadiums. I mean, I I don't think the season's going to be delayed. September 10th is when the season is supposed to start, for the record. Yeah, I, I don't see it being delayed. Thursday, September 10th. And if it does get delayed, I feel like it would be more than a month. You know, if, if we're still in the stages of delaying, you know, mitigating mass public gatherings in, in September, I feel like there, there's bigger 
bigger fish to fry than just letting the NFL be delayed by a single month. Ooh, I like fish. I don't. Especially especially fried fish. Fried fish is good. Fried fish are good. That's true. I did have some uh, blackened uh, fish tacos at some restaurant in Florida. So it was good in Florida. Like in Iowa, the seafood kind of sucks. You know? But Florida was actually (laughs) pretty good. Because seafood comes from the ocean generically, yeah. and Iowa I mean, is completely landlocked. Up, up in up in my neck of the woods, seafood comes from the lake where you I catch mean, it. Yeah, I mean, same. Like, we're, we're not talking about fish. We're talking about Josh's prediction. We're, we're <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Josh's prediction. So, you what what do you think it what do you think it is, Wyatt? I don't think it's going to happen. That's just that's what do you think the so far out there. I think I would give that a home run. I feel like on both sides, both ends of the stick, either it's not going to be delayed or it's going to be delayed way more than a month. Well, he, he said, uh, I said by at least a month. Eh, you might be able to talk me down to a triple. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, saying. I'm just, I'm just clarifying I'm gonna, the prediction. I'm going to say triple. If, if he oh. said by, you know, a month or more or something like that. I could be swayed into triple territory, but I do not think I do not think it will be delayed. I think triple is probably fair, I guess. Alright, I'm outnumbered. We'll go with a triple. Triple for Josh's prediction. And with that, we have all four of our write that down predictions up on the board, which means we are at the end of the write that down prediction segment, which therefore means we are at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 77 of the 8311 cast. We appreciate you sticking around. Make sure to check out our Instagram page at 8311cast and drop us a line if you're feeling inclined at 8311cast.fireside.fm slash contact. Signing off for the 8311cast. We have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.